Join Anthony L. McCaskill podcast. Now join us for today's episode. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Anthony McCaskill, and we're here um, at the State Farm Agency of Jason Barnes. Um, this is being sponsored by Anthony L. McCaskill Incorporated. Um, so, Mr. Barnes, why don't you give the, uh, the listening audience uh, some contact information for your agency? Absolutely. Uh, the name of the agency is Jason Barnes State Farm. We are located at 16148 State Street in South Holland. That is on the corner of 159th Street and State. Uh, contact phone number for the office is 708-862-1119. Uh, my personal direct, because I'm always available, is 773-676-7042. And by email, you can send an email to insuredbyjasonbarnes.com. Sounds good. So we're here. This is just a general uh, podcast. Of course, you see we have our cigars going. Um, We got a little something-something here. We got some water going. Uh, So today's podcast is talk about, you know, we're going to interview different business owners, and we're going to talk about what it takes to be a business owner so that people in the audience, once you guys get a a copy of this uh, or, or be able to listen to this podcast, do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? And that's what this is basically all about. Also, we're being sponsored by the South Suburban Regional Black Chamber of Commerce, uh, where Mr. Barnes is also a member, and I'm also the chairman of the board. Uh, so, Mr. Barnes, let's get right into it so that the uh, people can find out, do they have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? So, on an average, how many hours do you work a week? A week? A week. Um, I think right now I'm probably averaging 55 to 60 hours a week on a good week. And that's pretty much seven days a week, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so we're open Monday through Saturday, right. and then Sundays is always something going on, other business that you can't handle during the week, so right. it's nonstop. So how difficult is it for you to balance working 50 to 60 hours a week plus being a father uh, that you are? Um, you know what? You, you definitely need organization. It's right. not easy. Yeah. Um, you need a really, really strong um Family structure. Okay. Um, you definitely need family, friends, the kids. Everybody kind of has to understand the journey Absolutely. that you're trying to take so that they can be supportive in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to be as committed to the business as you are to making sure you balance <laughs> those other things. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So is it a... So even though it's State Farm and it's Jason Barnes, the agent, so what you're basically saying is Jason Barnes, the family, the friends, and everybody else. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Because as an entrepreneur, um, you know, a lot of your success, um, especially in my industry, mm-hmm. is dependent on family, friends, being supportive, right. um, you know, referrals, things like that. So you, you definitely have to balance out. Can't just go 100% work, have to get that time with the family, have to network and still, mm-hmm. you know, get out with your friends. Um, and then you need those mental breaks, too. So Absolutely. everything is kind of cyclical, but it's all intertwined, the business, the personal. Um, so you, you, you can't leave any of it out. So if a person that's listening to this podcast and also watching this podcast, what does it take to be a insurance agent, first of all, but then... So let's talk about that, and then we'll lead to my next question about the brand, right? Okay. So what does it take to be? Um, so the insurance industry, you have to be licensed okay. um, through the state insurance uh, board. Okay. So uh, to be an agent, you have to carry all four licenses, so property, casualty, life, 
um, and health. Okay. So you have to take uh, your classes for insurance um, through whatever school you choose to take. Okay. Um, then you take some pre-tests, and eventually you qualify to take your state exam. So there's a qualification through the state of Illinois that you need? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The state requires um, for each line of insurance that you do a classroom session, which is seven and a half hours. Wow. Um, then you have to do pre-tests and hit 80% on your pre-tests to qualify to take the state exam. Really? Then you have to take the state exam and pass that. And there's four uh, separate licenses that, that I hold. Okay. That's good to know. So let's talk about... You know, you, you joined this major brand with State Farm because State mm -hmm. Farm is everywhere, right? Absolutely. They are, where every time you turn on TV, you see State Farm. How does that feel being an African-American uh, new agent coming to a brand that big? Yep. Um, so I actually did my research, and I had some conversations with several um, insurance companies, major brands, okay. where I had some offers on the table. Um, my decision was definitely about the State Farm brand and how I felt that it supported me okay. as a business owner. Okay. Um, also, going through the process and talking with the leadership, I was very forward uh, with my thinking and my desire to really get into minority communities um, and educate about you know uh, insurance, life insurance. Um, and I appreciated their response to that okay. um, and the fact that they were very receptive and thought that it was a good idea right, to get that information and that knowledge into the community. So um, that was really a big part of my decision to open a state farm agency versus okay. you know some of the, uh, the competitors. Right. Um, but it definitely is a good feeling because I'm backed by the number one <laughs> no insurance doubt. company in no the doubt. country. So no doubt. Um, definitely a good feeling. Yeah. And so what, what I found out, because I've been um, a customer of State Farm for over 24 years, which is a long time. I know I don't look that old, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but what, what I found out is that, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, insurance is very expensive and insurance is high. And of course, it depends on where you live and all, you know, your credit and all the other stuff. But what can you tell the audience, look into the camera and tell the audience, what is it that separates State Farm from all the others? Uh, so one, one big thing is just the actual model of State Farm to have agents in the community. Um, so right now there are over 17,000 State Farm wow. agents in the country. Um, so whereas some companies have gone to a business model where there's no agent um, and you just have to call into a call center, mm. we have decided to stick with the philosophy <laughs> of having an agent okay. in the community, um, someone that you can touch, talk to. Um, if something happens to you, if there's a fire at your home, God forbid, um, as an agent, I'm going to get that call in the middle of the night. Um, I'm going to show up at the home with a check, you know, for the loss of use for you to be able to get some emergency clothes, foods, get you into a hotel. Wow. Um, that as a business philosophy is probably the biggest separator between us and some of the other companies who have kind of switched over to that, you know, either no agents at all in all call center or kind of minimizing the number of agents and going with the call center to cut costs. Well, that's huge. So I, you know, as, as a customer of State Farm, I never really thought about that aspect of it. But that makes sense because you hear so many, you know, a lot of times when you're in the, in the different communities, um, whether it's urban or rural, a lot of people don't have Internet, right? A lot mm -hmm. of people don't have the, the, some of the luxuries that other people might have. So trying to, you know, pay your bill online or trying to, you know, a lot of people still write checks, right? A lot of people Absolutely. have debit cards. So um, having an agent that can help you get, you know, coast through some of those issues is definitely a plus. So that's, that's huge, man. I appreciate it. So um, 
I guess I guess one of the biggest things is is like so. What's your what's your long term goals? Do you plan on being this you know this huge agent, and do you plan on bringing you know more family involved? Is it going to be a, a family agency? Is what what are your plan your long term plans for being a State Farm agent? Um, so for me, it, it's all about growth. Okay. Um, eventually, I would like to open multiple agencies. Wow. Um, I have I have a son, and I'm trying to introduce it to the okay. uh, the business. Uh, my my daughters, unfortunately, they, they want to go into uh, medical, okay. so I don't I don't necessarily think they want to do insurance, okay. but um, definitely I'm supportive of those uh, uh, dreams as well. Um, but for me, it's all about growth. Um, I, I definitely want to maintain my focus on our communities okay. and educating people because it's not just about let me sell you some car insurance mm -hmm. um, more about understanding really the purpose of insurance and what insurance can do for you um, not just I'm going to get some minimum insurance because the state requires it right. um, so I have, I have some definitely some plans moving forward um, to get into the educational pieces okay. um, and, and really educate people but growth okay so so I guess one one of the other the, you know the final question I have for you, Mr. Barnes, is um, for those people that um, are thinking of maybe switching over from a nine to five and, and being an employee, and maybe want to become an entrepreneur. What are some of the things that you would? What's some of the advice you would give them um, when they want to try to cross to that journey? Yep. So I think the the biggest thing really is preparation. Mm -hmm. um, so he, here's something that I experienced. So prior to opening my business, I worked in. Um, the financial services industry. Okay. I was on a contract for 15 years. Okay. Um, started out entry level um, as a bill collector, mm -hmm. making $11 an hour, mm -hmm. um, and just kind of through the course of my career, was in every level of management up to director of operations. Mm. So over the course of those 15 years, um, I had a lot of people that said to me, you should open your own business. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of people that even came with the opinion like, if I didn't open my own business, I was somehow um, not fulfilling my role or assignment as a black man because I was working for right. the man, so to right. speak, right? Um, but what people don't understand is that over the course of those 15 years, um, I learned so much about management and ownership. I learned operations management. Okay. Um, I learned accounting, you know, profits and losses, return on investments, how to budget, how to forecast. I learned HR, okay. you know, some of the laws you oh, know, yeah. around, you know, employee issues mm -hmm. that, that you'll deal with as a business. Um, and I sat in those rooms with board members and CEOs and I learned. Um, so I was prepared when this opportunity presented itself to understand what it took to run a business, what it took to be successful, and it allowed my transition to be very smooth. That's huge. Um, That's so huge. if you are thinking about entrepreneurship, you know, don't let somebody rush you based on the fact right. that they say, oh, you know, you shouldn't work a job, don't work corporate, you need to own your own, because if you jump out there too fast, it could be unsuccessful. Absolutely. Um, so definitely preparation, do your homework, and even if you're not gonna work in management for 10 years it's a lot of youtube videos books you know seminars there's other ways that you can educate yourself um and increase just your basic business acumen to prepare you to be an entrepreneur absolutely um but you have to t put in that time to prepare yourself 
Uh, and then the other thing is once you open, if you're doing this just to say I'm a business owner mm -hmm. and I see my name on the board and I, and I can <laughs> I can give somebody a business card. Right, that's huge. This isn't what you want to do right. because the time that you have to put in, the sacrifices that you will make, especially initially, mm -hmm. um, are huge. And many people don't understand that. And so they get discouraged uh, in, in the earlier you know, days, months, and years, and they get discouraged, and, and, and they end up not having a long-lasting business. So you kind of really do your research, do your homework, right. self-educate, but definitely be prepared. Right. So you didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to open up an agency on my own. A a absolutely not. <laughs> I, again, at 15 right. years in the industry, right. um, you know, at some points running multiple you know, sites with over 250 employees that I was responsible for. Wow. Um, and again, everybody, you should just open your own company. But again, I was learning. Um, and through that learning process, I was prepared. Then when an opportunity presented itself, I had all my ducks in a row. I understood business. I understood how to run a business. I understood mm -hmm. how to budget, you know, the accounting aspect. I know what mistakes not to make from uh, a human resources perspective. Absolutely. You know, they, they could create liabilities for myself. These are things that had I not had that career, you know, I may make these mistakes as a business owner. Right. So definitely, um, I didn't just wake up and say, let's, let's go open a business. Right. So preparation is number one. Absolutely. All right. So that, that, that sounds about right because, you know, being we're both entrepreneurs, um, you spot on, man. I mean, that is exactly what it took. Um, unfortunately for me, I took a, a different route. I had to learn based on, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs. Um, I learned a lot from my mom. And I had my first business when I was 11 years old. It was a candy store. And I made money, right? And so I wanted to be this, this great businessman. Um, but you have to have experience and you have to have someone to teach you those steps before you make that move so yeah that's cool man yeah. so is there anything else you want to talk to talk about as far as your agency um so just when you start talking about it what do you what, the four things you say you you is liability what are the things that you actually cover when can, if a person calls your number and they're looking for insurance for automotive mm-hmm so, so from the insurance, as far as um, insurances and what we cover, mm -hmm. um, auto, of course, um, which is going to include motorcycles, boats, ATVs, trailers, all of that, um, home, mm -hmm. renters, policies, uh, business insurance, uh, life insurance. We also have short and long-term uh, disability plans uh, that can replace income if you become okay. you know, sick and disabled. Um, as well as hospital income. Um, so, you know, if you go to the hospital, emergency room, outpatient surgery, things like that, um, a plan that will actually pay you uh, money when those events happen to you. Hmm. Um, the thing that, you know, I would really want people to understand is that your insurance is more than just picking up state minimums because the law, the state law requires you. <laughs> Absolutely. Or having homeowners because your mortgage company requires you. You really have to look at your insurance. Insurance, And I look at my job as really a protector. Okay. Um, everybody has dreams. They have things they want to accomplish, whether it be, you know, getting the kids off to college, um, purchasing, you know, the summer home when you retire, actually getting to retirement. Um, we all have things that we look forward to doing. And not having proper insurance creates liabilities in those things. Absolutely. So if you're covering state minimums on your auto, which is twenty five thousand for bodily injury, mm -hmm. and you have an accident and somebody has, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollars worth of injuries and lost pay and pain and suffering, your insurance company's gonna pay twenty five thousand. Absolutely. <laughs> that other three or four hundred thousand is on you. 
So now what happens? Somebody sues you personally. You know, there goes, you know, you in court, you having to pay. That drastically changes your lifestyle and your abilities to fulfill those dreams. Mm -hmm. Now I can't afford to send the kids to college and pay college tuition and all that because I got a a judgment against me where I'm having to pay somebody, you know, $1,000 a month. So things like that that people don't really think about um, with insurance, especially life insurance, um, is something I really, you know, when I talk to people, I try to stress the importance of those things. So let me ask you this question. Um, And I'm glad we talked about life insurance and then we're going to go back to business insurance. Um, As far as life insurance, what exactly is, are you seeing that there's a spike in people wanting life insurance in the African-American community? What what are you seeing and how are you promoting life Mm -hmm. insurance to those individuals? Yep. So statistically, um, Mm -hmm. over 50% of minority uh, people do not have life insurance, statistically. Wow. How Um, many? Over 50%. So it is right around 55, 57%. Wow. So we see it in our day-to-day lives, you know, when we know someone who passes and, and, and you have to make a contribution or mm-hmm. you see GoFundMe or you see, you know, funeral services not being held for two weeks because people are trying to put the money together. Um, I am very passionate about life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so far this year, uh, my office has written 137 life insurance policies. Really? Um, it's something I'm very passionate about, something that I came in the door being passionate about because it's important. And what I found in the minority community is that people just don't know what they don't know. Absolutely. Because no one is taking the time, sitting down with them, explaining the importance of life insurance, um, nobody ever gave them pricing, and they think it's, it's this astronomical amount of money, um, they tend not to do it. But when you present it to them, when you mm-hmm. explain to them the benefits, the importance of it, um, again, 137 policies. So I found that most people, once they understand what life insurance is, the purpose of it, mm-hmm. um, they they definitely will take advantage of getting it. And especially what I found, too, is um, one thing I specialize in is kids. Okay. Take out the life insurance on your kids when they're young, when they're born. Um, because the rates are going to be cheaper and when you're taking out those policies that rate is not going to change so you can insure a one year old for a lot cheaper than you could a 30 year old Absolutely. Um, and then you don't know what happens with someone's health between the age of one or 30 that could make them their rates go up mm-hmm. or them even being eligible so that's really something that I found that a lot of people in the minority community just they didn't even know I can get insurance on my one year old wow absolutely wow. Um, so life insurance has definitely been a very very um intricate part of my business so far mm-hmm. um, in, in these first uh, eight months. Um, and it's definitely wait, wait, wait. something. Eight months? Eight months. So you got 137 policies, life insurance policies written in eight months. In eight months. That's huge. In eight eight months. That's huge. Um, but it, it was definitely, it was something that was in my business plan from jump. Okay. I plan to reach out to my community and educate people on life insurance. Wow. Um, and I haven't let go of that. And, you know, you'll see me on my personal page. I'm always posting about life insurance. Okay. Um, and again, most people just have never had a conversation about it. Or they think, as long as I have a policy at my job, I'm okay. I shouldn't own a policy, um, which is the biggest mistake that people make. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you ever lose that job or you ever leave that job, that goes your insurance and your benefits. Absolutely. So wow. it's um it, it's definitely something that, you know, 
as I grow as an agency, mm-hmm. I, I'm planning to put more and more efforts um, into the life insurance piece mm-hmm. because it is so important. Right. You know, if you have kids and something happens to you, what replaces that income? Absolutely. You know, what allows those kids to still be able to, to live in that home? What allows those kids to be able to go to college if you're not here? Um, and I know we never like to think about our own mortality, but mm-hmm. the fact of it is, is that all of us gonna die at some point will. Yeah. Um, why not make that investment? You know, to leave something for your kids, to leave something for your spouse, to leave something for your siblings, um, or whoever you have that vested interest in their success. Why not do that? Absolutely. And then one thing, because I do have um, uh, life insurance with you with State Farm. Um, talk talk to the audience about cash value. Okay. And how that how that's very, very important, not just for your death, but also having cash value for emergency situations and things like that once you uh, accrue. Absolutely. Um, so we offer a couple of permanent life insurance policies, whole life and universal, okay. um, that grow dividends in the policy um, as well as have a cash surrender value. Okay. Um, so as you pay into your policy monthly, um, it is a life insurance policy, not a bank product, mm-hmm. but it has some investment pieces to that policy that operates similar to an investment product. Okay. So you have dividends that are growing in the policy, which is your money. If you want to withdraw a dividend, it's yours. Withdraw it. Um, that's your 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 gains, right? Okay. And then you have cash value in the policy. Cash value um, is something that you can borrow against and repay to the policy. Okay. Um, or if you don't repay it, it's just deducted from the death benefit if something were to happen to you. So, absolutely, if you had a life insurance policy, and I have customers that call all the time, you know, hey, something happened. My, my refrigerator went out. You know, my dryer went out. I need a couple thousand dollars. And they have cash value wow. in their life insurance policy. It's a matter of you telling me I need to withdraw, you know, a couple thousand dollars from my life insurance policy, me writing a check and telling you to come to the office tomorrow to pick that check up. Oh, so you actually write the check here? Absolutely. Oh, my Absolutely. Absolutely. For for a dividend or um, cash withdrawal from from those values in the policy, we can do that right here in the office. Depending on how busy we are, might be able to get it same day. Okay. Um, Worst case scenario, the following day. So you're telling me a young black man has the power to write checks to the community. <laughs> to the community. To the, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a- huge. Absolutely. And, and we've definitely had a couple situations where people have called um, emergency situations. You know, I need to borrow against my policy. And, and here's the thing. You know, we talked about the kids. You know, mm-hmm. if you start a policy on your child when they're born, mm-hmm. right, and that child now has 20 years 25, 30 years of this policy sitting, mm-hmm. you're talking about dividends or cash value when that child gets ready to purchase their first home. Mm. Maybe, or college. Or, or college, right? There's dividends sitting there where they can say, you know what, I'm about to buy my first home. I need, you know, an eight or a $10,000 down deposit. Well, mm-hmm. look at this. I got dividends sitting in my life insurance policy. Here's my gift to my child. That's huge. As a parent, let me just go take that out of the policy. Here's your down payment for That's the huge. home. That's huge. Th- things you can do yeah. with the policy. But again, when people don't know and understand that, um, you know, they're not able to take advantage of it. So you can borrow money from yourself. You don't have to do a credit check. You don't have to go through a bank application Absolutely. and wait for approval or denial. This is your money that you can loan to yourself and then repay yourself. <laughs> that's huge. So that's the last topic I'm going to talk about is is business insurance because this is a, a business uh, conversation. Although we're talking about different uh, entities, um, 
because you know the South Suburban Regional Black Chamber of Commerce um, has business insurance with uh, Jason Barnes, the agent from State Farm. Um, a lot of people think that just going out there and open up a business, open up a storefront, whether it's a mom power situation, that insurance is something that they can deal with, or a lot of people don't know that they have to have business insurance um, and that their personal insurance will take care of it. Why don't you elaborate on the difference? Yeah, so one, one of the things that I found most shocking um, when I opened my agency and I started to talk to business owners mm -hmm. um, is the number of business owners that do not have business insurance. Really? Specifically, <laughs> uh, a, a, a lot of people in the, the, the beauty industry, beauty shops, really? barber shops, um, you will be surprised the number of them that do not have any insurance. And I was shocked. But how is that even possible, man? Well, because there's nothing, unless you are leasing a location mm -hmm. and that landlord or that, that um, company mm -hmm. requires you to carry a certain amount of liability, mm -hmm. there's nothing else that requires it. So well, that Well, so what I do know for being a business owner for close to 30 years is that if you are incorporated in the state of Illinois, it's mandated that you have insurance. So maybe you need to tell... Mandated, but there's no follow-up checks and balance, right? So, oh. And you have to think about it, too. A lot of people that own businesses don't have them set up correctly or incorporated oh. that way, right? right. Um, but again, what I found is just in talking to people and networking, the number of people that do not have business insurance mm -hmm. was shocking to me. So your personal insurance, whether it be you know your auto or your mm -hmm. homeowners, is not going to cover business liabilities. Huh. So your homeowners insurance is going to cover if someone is injured at your home and mm -hmm. sues you, and you're liable for injuries, lost wages, and things like that. Um, if you have a business, you can't file that against your homeowners. And even if you're doing business in your home, mm -hmm. you may not be able to file that against your homeowners because there are special endorsements um, that have to be on your homeowner's policy depending on the type of business that you're operating. And some businesses, you can't even add an endorsement to your homeowner's policy, right? So very important as a business owner, um, you know, not to say that it's going to happen frequently, but again, insurance is about protecting you from the unknown. So if you're operating a business and somebody has that slip, trip, or fall inside of your place of business, and now they see you as a business owner, so they're thinking, hmm, lawsuit. Absolutely. Um, and that person sues you for $500,000. You have no liability insurance. Depending on the type of business, you may not even have a lot in reserves. What happens? Right, yeah. your whole business, everything you've worked for, everything you're growing, you know, you put your whole life savings into this could now be jeopardized because you weren't properly insured. So, very important for businesses to have proper insurance. Um, make sure that the liability meets the risk based on the type of business. Um, make sure that they have the correct amounts for their personal property in their business if something happens. Um, but, but very important to do that. And I, and again, I was shocked. Is I talked to some people and have written business policies, and they did not have any insurance prior to us talking. Wow! So I think I think this, you know, this is first of all, this is our first podcast. Um, but I want to do, and, and as I'm talking to you and listening to you and knowing business and and, and listen to how knowledgeable you are, and let's just talk about this. Eight months, 137 life insurance policy. That's huge uh, for our community. Let's have a ongoing conversation about business insurance because okay. 
as a business owner, right? I got a lot of policies, right? But as a business owner, yes, you do, and I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> right, but as but as a business owner, man, I mean, you're absolutely right. If we don't know, if nobody's telling us, and that's mm-hmm. why this conversation, this podcast. Um, is very going to be informative to people that own businesses because if you don't have business insurance, all of your personal assets, along with your business assets, are now in jeopardy. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And bankruptcy can't save you. No. no. Not, not, not when the judge enters enters a Absolutely. judgment, you know, because you're liable for an accident, a trip, Absolutely. or something like that. Yeah. So, definitely. so let, let's have a let's have an ongoing. And I think what we need to do is probably take this show on the road. Um, and I would love when I go to the different because we just had a couple uh, barbers um, sign up with the chamber. That's I, I'm going to have a conversation with them to see what their what their insurance look like um, if they do have insurance. Hopefully mm-hmm. they do. Knock on wood. And then we'll you know saying have a conversation with you. I'll do an introduction so we can talk about the importance of having insurance. But I think we need to have maybe a workshop or a roundtable discussion with different business owners to make sure they do have the necessary coverage. Because again, if you're calling a one eight hundred number trying to get uh, information, or you're trying to do it online, and you don't understand. Absolutely, that's the that's the difference between State Farm and other agents. I mean, other insurance companies, because without a human, that's not calling from around the world, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, being put on hold is a lot of it's frustrating. And if you and then you get a policy, you don't understand the different endorsements mm-hmm. or the different add-ons. That's something that agent help you navigate through, correct? Absolutely, okay. and and I mean, you personally, yeah. uh, with, with your business policies, you know that they are very um, complicated sometimes when you read yeah. through the actual policy document. Yeah. Um, and I know that you personally have heard me going to battle <laughs> on your behalf, yes, um, trying to understand yeah. the policies and trying to make sure yeah. that we have proper coverages so that yeah. you don't have any gaps in your liability. Right. So I, I definitely think that that's a conversation that I would love to have with, with business owners. Yeah. Um, and, and absolutely, it's, again, one of those separators between State Farm and other companies mm-hmm. because I have a vested interest in my customers' right. you know, success and in my customers being properly insured um, because I'm trying to build that relationship with you. Absolutely. And the best way for me to build that relationship is to make sure that I'm taking care of you. Absolutely. Right. One thing on the... Uh, Barbers and, and, and beauty shops, so that I also find interesting, even for those owners, they need to require the people that are in their shops to oh. be carrying liability, right? Because if those people, you know, you got a beauty shop, you're the owner, a beautician uses a chemical and burns somebody's hair out, mm-hmm. right? You're the shop owner. Mm-hmm. You now become liable, but you can require each person in your shop to carry their own liability insurance and if I if I was a barbershop owner or a beauty shop owner mm-hmm. specifically since we're talking about them, mm-hmm. that would be a requirement of mine. You know, yep, you can rent a booth here, but I also need to see that you have proper liability coverage so that if you damage someone um, and there's some liability, mm-hmm. it's not gonna fall on me. Ah. And most of them don't even know that. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, very huge. And make sure that it's a reputable insurance company. Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's horror stories, you know, in the hood, right? Um you go and you get these online insurance companies and you don't read the fine line and you think you're covered, you go out to have an accident or anything happen and you're looking for them to pay, they don't pay, right? The one thing I know about State Farm, and this is not a personal endorsement, but from a customer, I can sleep good at night. I know that if anything goes wrong, State Farm is going to pay. And that that's a fact. And that's huge. That's huge. I, I literally, um, in the last week, this this past week, mm-hmm. um, I literally had two customers 
that switched insurance because of the issues that they were having with claims really? on losses from the storms that we had a couple weeks ago. Okay. And they're they're battling the insurance companies and can't get the claim paid out. They're tired of calling the customer service number. And I literally had two people just this last week that switched their insurance because of their claims experience. So if they switch the insurance, the other insurance company is still liable for that claim? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. That's because, huge. because when the loss happened, they were insured with that company. Okay. So the company can't refuse not to pay the claim. Um, but for them, for both of them, they were just so frustrated with the process that they, they just wanted to get with a better company. Okay. Reached out to me. Um, we, we did some pricing for them. You know, we actually saved them money. That's huge. Plus got better coverage. Um, one thing I will say about the claims experience, mm -hmm. um, it's a seamless process. Me as an agent, I don't control claims. I can't make decisions on right. claims. But you do have someone being an advocate for you. So if I had a customer that had a claim and it's not going smooth, I have that ability to reach out to claims on that customer's behalf to be that advocate, to try to push that process. Um, worst case scenario, at least to be able to call you and say, Mr. McCaskill, mm -hmm. in layman's terms, mm -hmm. here's what's going on with the process and kind of walk you through it. Right. So let's get a little bit off subject real quick. Um, and I know we just, we're, we're ad-libbing at this point. Um, what is the process if a person smokes cigars, right? <laughs> uh, Who does that? <laughs> right? A lot of people in, in our community, right, think that if they drink a beer or drink a drink or smoke a cigar that they can't get insurance. Is that true? Not true. Not true at all. Um, for life insurance, mm -hmm. you know, if you are the healthiest person in the world, right, no medical conditions, um, you know, your, your height and weight ratios are perfect right. based on the charts that, that the, the doctors have and all of that. Of course, you're going to get a better rate on life insurance okay. um, because life insurance is basically part of your rating is trying to predict your mortality. Okay. Right. So the charts say that you should live to this age. Okay. Okay. Now, if you have certain health factors or lifestyle factors that will probably cause you to, to die sooner, mm -hmm. then the rating is going to be a little higher because the number of years that you're projected to pay into that policy is less. But right? but but still in fact you can get insurance. You can get insurance though. So say that again to the people yeah. in the audience. Listen, <laughs> you can get insurance, right? right? Um, so yeah, definitely do not not look into life insurance because you think um, that your lifestyle or medical conditions will prevent you. Um, the, the 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 worst thing you can do is not to at least try to get life insurance. Now again, the cost may be a little more because of those conditions um, or because of certain lifestyle factors. Smoking, mm -hmm. you know, cigarettes is definitely one um, that will give you a higher rating. Um, but get that application in, let the underwriting process go through. Um, and again, out of 137 apps, I think I've submitted 150. Okay. Right, so there's a very, very small percentage of people where we just could not ensure them they were ineligible. So definitely yeah. don't try to be an underwriter yourself yeah, and think that you can't get it. You know, reach out, let's talk, let's go through the application, let's get it into underwriting and, and let them make that decision. Well, yeah, and the reason I brought that up because, you know, in, in the hood, in the community, right, when five people 
start a rumor, it becomes gospel, right? right? So you'd be like, oh, girl, you, no, you overweight. You can't get no insurance. Right. And then that goes into your in your mental, and you feel like, you know what? I can't get it, so I'm not going to try And then something happens to you, and then now you got a GoFundMe page, or you got the family trying to scrape up money to, to, to bury you, um, and you leaving your family with all those different bills and things like that. So that's very key, um, but I definitely want to continue that conversation with life insurance, definitely keep that conversation going with business insurance, because I think that's very important. Um, can, we, can I throw one more thing in there sure. about the life insurance? So here's another thing since we, we kind of talk about, I guess, the mindset of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, as a minority community, and and, it, and I'm not just blacks, other minority groups too that I've talked to, mm-hmm. um, we tend to have the mindset that I'm not going to take out life insurance so that someone profits from my death. Huh? And I've I've heard people. I know you don't because you have proper life insurance. Right. But there there's a a, a a general consensus and kind of theory that I don't want to take out life insurance so that someone profits from my death. I literally have had customers say that to me. I don't want to leave them that much money. Um, life insurance is not about profiting. From your death, there's a couple things with life insurance. Okay. Um, number one, life insurance is the the easiest way and the most common way to transition wealth. Okay. And it's something that maybe we as a community um, have not been knowledgeable about and have not participated in, um, but it is a way to transfer wealth from one generation to the next generation. Um, and when you look at other communities and other cultures that have proper life insurance and, and understand that eventually mm-hmm. I'm going to die, mm-hmm. why not transfer that wealth to the next generation? If I can leave my kid with $200,000 and I've educated them properly on business um, investments and things like that, when something happens to me, that $200,000 could be the the catapult that could change the very trajectory of that family for generations, right? If they invest it correctly and use it correctly. Um, But again, we, for some reason, have taken the mindset that I don't want people to profit from my death. The other part of life insurance and the purpose of it is to make sure that whatever is the lifestyle, the income, the home, and all of that that you're providing right now, when I, as a father, if I leave here, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that my kids can sustain the same lifestyle. Absolutely. I want to make sure that my daughter's wedding is paid for. Absolutely. I want to make sure she can get a car when she turns 16. College is paid for, right? That's the purpose of life insurance. So we have to get away from looking at it like someone profiting from our death right. um, and more look at it like this is just an extension of my responsibility as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife to my family that Absolutely. I'm leaving behind, right? Absolutely. Mourning is hard enough, yeah. but mourning in debt is huge. It's even harder, yeah. right? So just wanted to throw that out there too. And then the last thing, and I know we've been saying the last thing for like <laughs> it's good, 15 good com- minutes, it's great good conversation. conversation though. As a motorcycle rider, I'm a motorcycle rider, Absolutely. right? We've been riding for a long time. Um, we graduated a little bit uh, to, to, to better bikes. Is getting motorcycle insurance very difficult? No. A lot of people that I, you know, I own a, a detail shop, so I detail a lot of people bikes, and one of the questions I ask them, do you have insurance? They'd be like, man, I can't afford that S. Dude, you ride on a $60,000 motorcycle. Why don't you have insurance <laughs> to protect your asset? When we, Next time we have our conversation, our next podcast, we're going to talk about motorcycle insurance, things like that. Um, I think out of 
15, 20 people that are out there on motorcycles, right? No matter what, if it's a you know, cross rocket or a cruiser or a Harley, whatever, you'd be amazed how many people don't have insurance, man. I believe it. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, I believe it. Especially, you no know, knock on my crotch rider, rocket yeah. riders because I rode crotch yeah. rocket for 13 years. Yeah. Um, but most of them don't have insurance. And they kind of ride with the mindset like, if I go down 9 to 10, this bike is totaled anyway. So, yeah. you know. Um, but motorcycle insurance is not difficult. Okay. Um, it's something because I, I, I ride. I've been riding for 20 years now. Um, it's, it's also something that like I kind of specialize in. Okay. And I will say for those people that have custom bikes or Harley Davidsons and they've, they've done some, um, you know, some upgrades and spend a lot of money, right. you know, modifying the bike. Mm -hmm. um, State Farm's policy is the best policy that you can get because we actually do insure based on what you've spent and what you've modified on the bike. Really? Versus some companies that have a cap. So they'll allow you to buy a $10,000 or a $15,000 uh, package, accessory mm -hmm. package is what they call it. Um, I had an experience with a customer. Um, this is a real experience about a month ago with a bike that was valued over $140,000. Wow. That was State Farm's valuation of the bike. Um, he unfortunately had um, an accident. Somebody bumped him on the expressway, had some uh, extensive damage to the bike, and we paid. Um, we paid. Wow. We paid good, right? Okay. But the bike was valued at over $140,000. His previous insurer mm -hmm. had that bike valued with a $30,000 package plus the value of the bike, which is about $16,000. So if somebody stole that bike, Mm. He would have gotten about $46,000 for a bike that's valued over $140,000. And that's my point. So that's one aspect of it. But what about a person that's riding a $100,000 motorcycle and have no insurance or only liability insurance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, again, you know, if you're going to make that investment, mm -hmm. right, insurance is about protecting your stuff, protecting mm -hmm. your income, you know, protecting you from the, the, the unseen. Mm -hmm. So if you get into an accident and you're at fault, on that bike, mm -hmm. now you're being sued. What happens when you get that judgment? Now income is lower. Okay, well, if you got a judgment against you because you were liable and now income is lower, now can you, and are you able to pay the car note still? Are you able to maintain the mortgage right. still, right? So there, there's effects that people don't think about as they're out here not properly insured, let alone the fact that you just lost the bike <laughs> and you invested all that money into it. And I don't know about anybody else, but if something happened to mine, I'm just gonna lay there in the middle of the street and cry. <laughs> so, so let alone that, right. but you know, but but definitely, man, all all around, right? Anything that you can insure, mm -hmm. jewelry, furs, you know, if, if you have um, expensive china, silver set, there's a lot of different things that, that people don't even realize. I need to properly insure that, right? If, if my house catches on fire and I lose everything, do you even realize that your insurance policy only covers up to a certain amount for jewelry, furs, things wow. like that. People don't. Right. You know, I had a young lady last week had a watch stolen. Oh, the watch was $5,000. Okay, well, with your homeowner's policy that she had, it only covers up to 1500 for jewelry. <sighs> you need to get a personal articles policy to insure that watch, to wow. insure those furs, to Absolutely. make sure that you're insured. If not, there's 1500 
but now unfortunately you 3500 short in the value yeah. yeah yeah it's important man but people have to have these conversations absolutely well i appreciate you man this is uh you know our first podcast um we're actually um, filming it, and we're going to, you know, do it, and it's going to be uh, able to be reached on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, but also on iTunes. Um, so I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Uh, for social distancing, we're going to keep it politically <laughs> correct. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate having you know, being letting me smoke my cigar and drinking a little yak and having water. Um, but I thank you. I thank you for not just being honest, but also educating right mm -hmm. and so as we educate our community as we educate the things that goes on um one of the biggest things that we're seeing now is that you know people looting and breaking into different businesses and you would be amazed that the people that their business is still boarded up is because they didn't have the proper insurance so that's that's another segment but uh again brother barnes i appreciate you man um i love you um so tune Definitely in next time <laughs> right uh tune in next time and uh that's a wrap Thank you for joining today's podcast with Anthony L. McCaskill. Visit www.anthonylmccaskillinc.com. Until then, stay connected and informed with Anthony L. McCaskill, a proven leader you can trust.